Hello, everybody. Welcome to Loud Silence. Big shout out to everybody who has stayed during the dry season. <laughs> um, I am super sorry that I haven't been putting out episodes like I should have. I apologize. Um, life has kind of been tough, so it's made it difficult to kind of like sit to my phone and <laughs> give you these episodes. But I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Like I never left. <laughs> so thank you for staying thank you for writing once again hello everybody welcome everybody welcome to loud silence now today i want to talk about something a phrase a term that's kind of like been catching fire on the internet and i'm like ooh, this is juicy i should talk about this you know um i I should like let my followers or my fans or my listeners in on this you know and the term is drum roll (laughs) neurodiversity neurodiversity yes um this is something that's really dear to my heart because i identify as neurodivergent um that's just something that i've always been so i'm gonna give a short definition of what it means to be neurodivergent so basically neurodivergence describes people whose brain differences affect how their brain works That means that they have different strengths and challenges from people whose brain do not have those differences. The possible differences include medical disorders, learning disabilities, and other conditions. Now, neurodiversity or neurodivergence, or neurodiversity rather, was first used in 1997 by an autistic sociologist named Judy Singer. Now, I... Obviously, you don't need the f- you don't need this fact, but big shout out to Judy Singer. I like what Judy Singer was trying to accomplish with the word, and I think that a lot of us like it, so we use it even though we don't know the origin. So you're welcome for this one. <laughs> so yeah, the term was actually intended to be similar to the term biodiversity, which suggests that the differences in our neurological functioning can be strengths rather than weaknesses, and this is by far like by a hundred percent my favorite um outlook on neurodivergence i feel like neurotypical people are people who see shit in like black and white or gray or whatever and then they're just like this group of people who see shit in colors like neurodiversity is seen in colors you you see in colors that's what it is you know to me at least and i feel like to a lot of people and i strongly believe that neurodiversity should be viewed as a strength instead of as a weakness because we are stronger in our diversity not in our being alike really so yeah um i wanted to talk about that and yeah come along with me on the ride so first of all who is neurodiverse i mean who would you say passes or who would we say oh you know this person is neurodiverse or how would you know that you were neurodiverse or you you were an nd excuse me so basically um if you're neurodiverse you're probably on the spectrum there are two types of spectrum we have the um, autism spectrum autistic spectrum we have the adhd spectrum and um yeah it depends on what which one are you on um i see that a lot of people though they kind of use nd and adhd interchangeably they are not really interchangeable but people do do that a lot so i want to talk about that so yeah um autistic people are neurodivergent 
um, people with ADHD are neurodivergent. People with Torrent syndrome are neurodivergent. So Torrent syndrome is like when you do repetitive movements and um, it's involuntary. You don't do it on purpose. It's a, it's like a tick disorder where you do a particular movement over and over and over again. Uh, so that's that's Torrent syndrome. It really could be anything, and it's involuntary. Um, people who have like learning disabilities, such as dyslexia, which is difficulty with language skills, especially reading. Uh, we have dyscalculia, which is difficulty with doing basic arithmetic. We have other like dysgraphia, etc. You know, um, people who are bipolar could also be neurodivergent people who are depressed could also be neurodivergent people who are schizophrenic could also be um, neurodivergent you know you know so the list really does go on and on people who have social anxiety could also be neurodivergent general anxiety could also be neurodivergent and i want us to just look at neurodiversity as an umbrella term that just covers a large (laughs) it covers a large amount of of people really and um it, it just you know it's just it's it, it's an umbrella term i feel like that's that's the best way to kind of like um define it or look at it that is so now how i i like to talk about things that are everyday because you know it's easy for me to just come up here and say anybody who is autistic is neurodivergent anybody who has adhd is neurodivergent da, 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 da. and then it might not really mean anything to you as a listener because you're like okay well um yeah good good information <laughs> so i want to like talk more a little bit more about like practical everyday things that you see every day or you might see every day that would make you go like oh um this person might be neurodivergent even if they are not aware of it just for the fact that you listened to this podcast you should be able to know um, by these few things that i just wanted to mention and these are kind of like challenging symptoms for people on the spectrum so the first one is um communication difficulties especially social communication difficulties um speech and language challenges um learning might also be difficult like i had said dyscalculia dysgraphia dyslexia you know people like that are on the spectrum and you know that that is a learning disability that is a learning challenge um yeah they might not have work a working memory they might not have like flexible thinking they might not have like so much of a self-control um reading might be difficult calculating might be difficult you know abilities to actually follow spoken language as well um unusual responses to sensory inputs that's a whole thing like sensory integration is especially difficult for people who are neurodivergent but um just to give you a little bit of an insight an, an unusual sensory input will be insensitivity to light they don't like to stay in like white light or bright lights and they always just want shit to be dark or like moody you'd see a neurodivergent person probably has a red light in their house or you know uh, like a blue light just something very low not too bright that just kind of you can still see but it's not it's not light you know if you know what i mean they don't like sound they might be um 
they might be very icky around sound so you might see a neurodivergent person always wanting to put on like bigger headphones to kind of like block the noise sometimes they're not even listening to anything it's just to reduce the amount of sound that they are hearing or the amount of sound that is coming into their ears or to you know into into them kind of like protect their space from the sound so they would like try to cover their ears a lot or when they get upset they'll just like cover their ears it's not like they don't want to hear it's just at that point in that moment the sound is kind of like getting to them it could be um heat it could be cold it could be pressure a lot of neurodivergent people like they might not like pressure that comes from like everyday things like a hug they might not like to be hugged they might not even like handshakes they might not even want to be touched it's, it's a whole lot of you know things they also might be very um, sensitive to crowds they don't want to be in large spaces with large amounts of people um unusual physical behaviors um could be rocking um <clears throat> shouting at unexpected times as well is a very clear um you know is a very clear indicator that a person is neurodivergent inflexibility inability to adapt or change interest based on age or, or situations that could also happen and um you could see you would also see a neurodivergent person fidgeting a lot they collect items they like items that they have items that are very dear to them that might not make sense to you it could be anything from a rock to different color pencils it really could be anything you know yeah and now that i have spoken about challenges that people who have who are neurodiverse could experience because i strongly believe that excuse me neurodivergence should still be viewed as a strength you know um i would talk about a few reasons why i think um this is these are helpful symptoms if you ask me i mean i would say like okay well those are like the downsides some of the downsides rather of being neurodivergent these are some of the upsides of being neurodivergent for example Ability to stay focused for long periods of time on topic or activity of interest. That just simply means that a neurodiverse person has the ability to, I don't know, like get to the bottom of shit. <laughs> um, they have outside of the box thinking. That's why a lot of creators, a lot of designers, a lot of creatives are neurodivergent because they think outside the box it's just how their brain works strong observational skills and attention to detail ability to recognize patterns codes in codes and in behaviors um they have like strong skills when it comes to music arts technology and science so of course if you can calculate if you can sorry focus on a particular topic for a long period of time of course you are you are destined for greatness <laughs> you are you are definitely um you know destined for greatness if you if you ask me if you ask me i'll definitely say like yeah neurodiverse people are destined for greatness what do you mean <laughs> so yeah how do you stay or how, how do i put this now how do you um, what's the word well how do you be with a person who is neurodivergent how do you i don't want to use the word help because they don't necessarily need your help but how do you exist yeah that's the word how do you exist with a person who is neurodivergent how do you how do you hold a successful relationship how do you 
you know how, how how can you support a person who is neurodivergent or how can you support yourself if you're neurodivergent you know that's also important to to note and to talk about and i would say the first thing for me would always be to listen just listen i, I feel like if you slow down and you listen the answers are right there in front of you you if you listen a neurodivergent person will know that you care and listening is some if you listen to a person not here if you listen to a person that that's like um attentive listening and you really listen to what they're saying and you really hear them you would somehow just subconsciously begin to respect their choices because because you're listening and people who are neurodivergent always feel misunderstood or left out and that's why you have to listen and and i would say that sometimes listening is not just verbal a lot of people when i say listening i don't mean oh you listen to what they say or you listen to what they tell you you know communication is verbal and non-verbal so as much as you are listening to them verbally you need to listen to them non-verbally like what what's their body saying what's that thing you do that they don't like and maybe cannot find the words to express themselves with and this also goes for you as a person as a neurodivergent person you need to listen to yourself if you feel uncomfortable in a situation get out if you feel like you don't belong somewhere leave you know you have to listen to yourself you have to listen to your own intuition you have to listen to your gut um yeah <clears throat> you also need to note something very important <laughs> i tell everybody actually this one is very important so i'm going to bring it up here you need to know that no two neurodivergent people are the same so you might go read about some neurodivergent thingy online and you're like okay well Hmm. yeah this this one is the neurodivergent thing and i'm going to apply it to the person i know but yeah let's not do that and that's why we go back to number one which is listening if you listen to your person or to yourself or to whoever you feel like is neurodivergent and you want to be around them or you want to support them then you would understand that everybody's different because excuse me everybody's different in a way that yes two people might be neurodivergent but they have had two different experiences they have lived two different lives they like two different things and they have two different personalities and if we don't have the same personalities how can we be the same people if you know what i mean although they have the same underlying condition which is neurodiversity it doesn't mean that they are the same people you know what i mean so i think it's very very important to not um i don't know like kind of like look at it like that so just know the basics about neurodiversity but don't expect everybody you meet that is neurodiverse to act in the same way or act in a certain way if you if you kind of know what i mean and my number three thing will be to treat everybody with respect this is very important and this is not even something that you should do to somebody when you realize that they are autistic and you're like oh they have autism so i'm gonna like be nice (laughs) yeah don't do that just generally as a rule of thumb as a rule of life as a rule of person as a rule of people we should all you know treat each other with respect we should we should all treat each other with love we should all treat each other with care we should all treat each other with kindness
we should all treat each other with love and kindness and respect and number three or i don't i lost count of the number but if you're following (laughs) then you know what number but yeah um i don't think that it's proper to pity people who are neurodivergent (sighs) this one is heavy i know but yeah i mean there's a very thin line between pity and sympathy you can be oh sorry um sympathy and empathy so you can't be empathetic and not necessarily pity them because when you begin to pity people who are neurodiverse you begin to act in certain ways that can translate as annoying you might begin to do things for them that they can do for themselves and that's like a a term rule of care do not do for people the things that they can do for themselves because you take away their autonomy you take away their rights to self you take away their rights to express take away their rights to freedom in a way you know it's how like i would always say this to people if you saw a blind person on the sidewalks maybe about to cross the, the about to cross to the other side you shouldn't just like take their hand and start crossing them you know it's it's proper to ask and say do you need help and that's that's such an important question for somebody who's neurodivergent do you need help do you want to be left alone do you want to talk about it do you do you feel good um is this a good time and i don't even think this should only appear or appeal rather to people who are like neurodivergent i I feel like it's a it's a rule of life i mean it's how when your friend is sad or they are just going through stuff instead of saying oh instead of saying things that you you don't even know if they want to hear at that point or going into advice mode you should ask them do you want me to make you feel better or do you want me to tell you the truth and like that just helps for the person to know that okay well i have options i can choose this and somehow somehow it kind of gives them control during a time when they have lost control in whatever is making them feel sad and so i think that everybody should do that you know and yeah do not also assume that every neurodivergent person is incapable or unintelligent and do not also expect that every neurodiverse person is a creative (laughs) don't do that don't go around saying oh you're autistic so you must be into fashion or music (laughs) yeah like there are still people at the end of the day neurodiverse people are people they just think differently they just see the world in a different light they just see the world in a different way and it's like okay i feel like it should just be okay it doesn't need it's it's like a full stop i don't see the world the way you see it okay full stop and so i hope that like my pointers are good for you and you know how to treat yourself or how to treat a neurodiverse person that you love or that is in your life and you might be thinking to yourself oh how can a neurodivergent person be successful i promise you if you go on the internet and type successful neurodivergent people a lot a lot a lot of names would like pop up a lot of names would pop up i think like one of my all-time favorites is like van gogh who is like an artist vincent van gogh i don't know if i'm saying that right but um he was on the spectrum he was neurodivergent um we have albert einstein he was also neurodivergent nikola tesla was neurodivergent um fields gerald was neurodivergent and in recent times like gen z language 
language, <laughs> we have Greta Thunberg, who is also neurodivergent. She's a climate activist and she's neurodivergent, you know. Those, these are like just a few examples of like successful people who are neurodivergent and we have a long list of them. So neurodivergence is not it's not a death sentence. It's not it's not it's not like the end of the world. It's not it's not limiting. It's not it's not it's not it's not a bad thing i mean i think that's what i'm trying to say it's not a bad thing it's not going to stop somebody from being successful it's not going to stop somebody from being great it's not going to stop somebody from having a good life what stops neurodivergent people from being successful from being great from from having a good life is the society because society doesn't really accommodate them um the systems don't work in their favor people are not sensitized enough to understand neurodiversity a lot of people look at neurodiversity as some sort like a bad thing like a mental health illness and then they're like they should be put to the corner or to the side like just shoved into like whatever space you know they don't want them to be in the general population whatever that even means so what really really limits a person with disability anybody with disability it's really not their disability it's a society a world a place a time a community that doesn't create space for them to thrive if we were all neurodivergent as human beings we would have found a way to make sure that we had a good life imagine if you walk into a city where everybody's autistic then of course of course there would be um accommodations for people for themselves you know and that's how i think we should all approach a society it's like you have a neurodivergent partner you have a partner who doesn't like bright lights and you guys are moving in together even though you like bright lights you know as a neurotypical person you want to see where you are going and you want the light to be super bright it's not gonna be too bad to reach a compromise and say okay well we do need lights for the rest of the house how about we look into different type of lights i know there are different types of lights like light bulbs i mean and you guys could definitely reach a compromise like okay this is good enough for me i can see is this good enough for you is this good enough for your centuries and you know you could also make sure that the light in your personal most private shared space has like okay lighting so it's not too bright for them and it's not too dark for you and that is how to be accommodative or accommodating of people who are neurodivergent and yeah um thank you so much for listening to this episode like i said earlier this is a series i will be talking about how to love a person who is neurodivergent in my next episode and i hope that this crash course on neurodiversity was helpful to you Have a lovely day. Bye-bye.